Good afternoon. Good evening. So we're uh, we're working with this uh, being on uh, uh, Zoom, so I can see people, uh, and then also we're on uh, uh, YouTube, our YouTube uh, channel. So that's what we were uh, we was having some difficulty uh, making the YouTube channel work. So uh, title of this uh, Dharma talk. Uh, Kind of came out of uh, uh, Kevin's question earlier, um, which was uh, about people. Can't remember exactly how he said, but you know that you should be. If you're not, not part of the solution, then you're part of the problem, or whatever people do when they want you to do what they're doing, and think that what you're doing is um, wrong, or they want to judge you. Uh, amazing how how people can do that. And, and not respect people. So that um, so that respect or lack of respect comes out of not having respect for yourself. And I don't really call it self-respect, but giving yourself a hard time and covering up your difficulty rather than being responsible, the ability to respond. The ability to respond means that you, whatever happens, you're able to... So the idea of this is that people, because they don't have any mind training, it doesn't mean they aren't very intelligent, very kind, and relatively good people. But when things go crazy and go awry, and we have people get murdered by the state, basically, you want to be blunt about it, and then people feel like they have to do something, and uh, instead of uh, taking responsibility for their own situation, they want to include others. And it's not just... Uh, Asking you or saying, do you want to do this? Or, do you want to, do you want to march on the Capitol or do you, whatever you want to do? Uh, it's it's uh, it's deeply hidden. And when people do not have mind training, and I'm not saying that they don't have a PhD in something. Quite often, they have multiple degrees, and a lot of times the multiple degrees tell you how much they know, but it doesn't tell you what they don't know. And so. That's as far as I'll go with that until I get questions around that. Uh, so quite often, um, quite often education can be a, a cover-up or a, a deliberate kind of shutting down. So be careful around that. Look at it closely. Don't believe anything. Not necessary. You don't have to believe anything or disbelieve anything or ignore anything. If you don't do any of that, uh, ego cannot survive because it cannot get any oxygen out of that environment. It needs strong relativity for oxygen. It doesn't like to hear not separate, nothing else. It's like, wouldn't that mean I couldn't talk? Probably. So, but when people make demands, and this is the part that I wanted to address that brought up the, um, when people make demands that I wanted to say, Meet them where they're at. If you've been meeting yourself where you're at day after day after day and you're getting to know yourself, and as Trungpa Rinpoche would say, you're making friends with yourself, that doesn't mean getting rid of your negativity. It'd be like getting rid of your out outrageous children or shooting the, the neighbor or putting a gag around your neighbor's lawnmower so it doesn't make any noise. But you would make friends with it. So you'd relate to the apparent negativity or difficulty in such a way that that if there is any innate balance or harmony or equanimity in any given situation, then that will begin to show up, not only to you, 
but to that person you're dealing uh, they're relating to or that is making the demands. Um, their understanding isn't going to be deep and all per pervasive just because you're kind of an easygoing person. On the other hand, if you don't explain, please don't explain anything to anybody. I'm sure you know what I'm talking about because what you do is you, it's like they're playing gat, uh, backgammon and, and you're not playing any games. And so in order to talk to them, you have to join the game. And if you have to join the game, then you're going to have to pretty much do what they say. In a sense, it's just in a sense. It's the metaphor is weak in some areas, but it's, it works where it's necessary. So based on Kevin's, uh, thank you, Kevin. So based on Kevin's question about what do you do? Here he is in New York and he's a, you know, he's a liberal fellow, an artist and, and uh, has been a meditator for many years and teaches meditation, has lots of students. And, uh, and so, and when other people who come along and see Kevin's not doing this, not doing that, like we're doing, they just kind of add an expectation. This is because I need to put the kotsu down to show you because when they meet anybody who's saying that to you, when they meet you, they are not seeing Kevin. They are seeing their idea of Kevin and they can't understand why Kevin doesn't do what they're doing. So because they've never met you where you're at, they met you where you're at. That means they would have met themselves with their, where they're at and stop trying to correct themselves, be genuine with themselves, be genuinely present. And that means don't try to meditate away the shape of your neurosis or your ears or your feet. And so what you would do is the way I talk about it is to, if the person, depending on a, a situation, it's very situational. So if the person is, uh, is trying to encourage you to come and say, why won't you come if you're not part of the, the solution, then you're part of the problem or something like that. And this is all based on a huge control situation that is ignoring dependent origination. What, what has happened? That kind of thing, thing that happened. Who we have in the White House. What's happening in, with Bolsonaro and what's happening in uh, or what happened in, in, in Russia in the 1930s with Stalin? What happened uh, with uh, uh, Nazism and, and all of the other confusing control things that have been going on in human society? since the Peloponnesian Wars. There's no solid being anywhere, but people keep manifesting as somebody with an idea and opinion, what should happen, what shouldn't happen. And anytime they look at anything about anything, they have all kinds of, just get flooded with ideas and opinions about what's right, what's wrong, what we should do, who's right, who, who, who caused this problem. And don't misunderstand, uh, like, people often do, if you don't do what they think you should be doing, then they come to conclusions about that, which don't have anything to do with what you're dealing with, because you might be just trying to see, what should I do? What should, should, is there anything I should do? They won't even give you that much oxygen. They immediately want to cut off your oxygen so they can tell you what you should do. You don't get to be a, 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 a sovereign being. You just need to get be one of the lemmings. Big, big difference there. So each person, each person's intelligence, each, each person's Buddha nature, each person's confusion needs to be respected. You should respect, have respect, keep your distance. Uh, there's a spiritual distancing for you. And I quite often tell people who are students of mine, Sangha, don't discuss your practice with people. Discuss the Dharma, 
if I'm not making sense, you should ask questions because this is a big one. Discuss the Dharma, life of suffering, the cause is desire, the goal is cessation, the path is Shila Samadhi and Prajna, the 12 links in the chain of existence, the Eightfold Path, the three uh, Prajna principles, the 12, uh, the, uh, well, you know, it's all of these things. Discuss that and see how that all works. But as far as your own experience of the Dharma, if you're going to discuss it with anybody, discuss it with the teacher. Because it's very easy to side slip into some kind of compromise about what's happening in your path. This is why in ancient times there was a lot of intensive uh, practice going on uh, in retreat. And then the way the teachers in the past tried to control that is to have a noble, noble silence or functional speech. And in and, and an adult uh, community like we have, I think those are unnecessary. Maybe if you're tra training teenagers, uh, unnecessary to uh, shut up for periods of time based on form. When the person comes to you that has an agenda about what you should do relative to an event that just occurred, like Disaster Capitalism, which is a, a Naomi Klein's a book, perhaps you've read it, maybe not. <clears throat> She's a writer for The Intercept. And I'm not promoting any kind of political stuff. Everything's political. Uh, so, but you should, you should look. You should, you should not, don't shut anything out. Listen to everybody. And, and watch your knee-jerk response, which may be very unsuitable to your idea of who you think you should be and what you're trying to be. You should be genuine, not be some other guy, some other, some higher being. Uh, to be someone else without without any afflictions to try to be something else that is the cage of the afflictions that is a cage to do anything else passion aggression and ignorance this is the cage see that it's unreal if you do you're liberated no promises and you you won't have an experience of liberation because the very act of liberation or the very function or the very instance of liberation or the very spark of liberation, there isn't anyone to recognize it or attain it. That's why it is so difficult and so easy to get sidetracked into some kind of spiritual materialism that has a, a high patina of gold and glitter. Or maybe barn wood. So when someone comes to you uh, in that way or you're interacting with someone who, say, uh, a few months ago before all this crap happened, and all the dirt piles of crap that are going on. You might have had a different relationship, but now this com comes and this person has something triggered in them, dependent origination. And you're not doing much. You're looking at it. Maybe you're concerned, like Nicole was saying uh, earlier. Nicole Hench is up in, uh, in uh, Twin Cities. It's, you know, <laughs> it's frightening. What, what do you do with, when that kind of situation occurs? Uh, I would say less is better. And not that you shouldn't listen to other people, especially very idealistic people, but listen to a lot of people and receive what they say. Uh, don't particularly come to the conclusions about it. And when you receive someone who is actually a friend of yours, who's kind of on your tail about, well, you're not functioning right, or they're taking your inventory, as they say, about what you're doing, because you're not doing, you're not marching, or you're not protesting. You're, I'm not saying people shouldn't. Some people, that's all they can do. It's choiceless for them to do. They should, they, they uh, could do that and they should do that. 
But in your situation, your situation is also choiceless. Um, and it's choiceless that you just can't do that. It just doesn't work to go out into the streets, carry signs, and be right next to somebody who is with a hammer busting out store windows, lighting buildings on fire. And the, if you can't see it, you should ask questions about it. But the fire that is being lit, the person whose neck is being broken and murdered, and this may be difficult, but and the person who's taking the video are not separate from anything. They are separated by ideas and opinions and judgments and everything. But everyone wants to be happy. Everyone's desire shows up in different ways. The desire to be happy. The, the only one who, uh, or ones, who are not concerned about how they feel or their emotions or right and wrong or are Buddhas because not separate. Questions are in order. How can we see what doesn't work if we can't see what does work? Uh, say a little bit more about it. I follow what you're saying, but uh, you're, you're, you're polarizing it in such a way that you've trapped me into answering it in a certain way. Not intentionally, because I know you don't trap things. I guess in, in looking at the situation that we see in front of us where somebody's smashing out a window and throwing um, or torching a, a, a store as part of a riot uh, and looking at that and seeing that that kind of a response may not be helpful. Um, how can I see that when I also don't see what is helpful? So the way I talk about it is less is better because this it's very situational. There may be a time, uh, as I've said before, where you know, if, if somebody's really killing somebody, um, like I think somebody on the Internet was uh, yelling at, at the little 17-year-old girl, woman, young woman, who is uh, Afro-American, and uh, why didn't you stop them? <laughs> Here's a person 100 miles away or whatever, and telling this little person who has the guts to stand there and film these police and, and probably really knows how dangerous it is for her if that had been a different a person because of the projections of those uh, officers onto her she looked harmless she's you know just another black guy and she's taking a picture a lot of people taking pictures everywhere so what nothing ever comes of it well something finally came of it because it got posted and it was obvious what he was doing including the smirks on his face and so, uh, smugness and self-satisfaction. It shows you the degree of confusion that can happen when, uh, when when there's no mind training. There's we don't have any mind training. This is it's very rare to find a situation where the mind is actually trained to see and not to believe something, whether it's Buddhism or any religion, trained to see clearly. Uh, and so. That's what I would say in your situation, uh, in most situations, just less is better. If you don't see, if you see what this is, you won't make a choice. If you don't see what this is, then you'll, the ego mind especially will keep ruminating around. Why can't I do something? I don't know what to do. I'm not sure what to do. And we'll be fearful. And, and that's not wrong. That's just the downside of it. It feels terrible. The upside of it, that's pretty good. 
you can use that. You can work with that. Imagine the person dying. Imagine the, the fear and uh, apparent fear, which is also bravery in that uh, young woman that took that picture and posted it. And it probably wouldn't have happened without that exact picture. Uh, did she make a decision? Uh, who, who knows uh, how she felt about that? But even that is dependently arisen. Those, all those things are linked, but not linked like a bunch of separate things all linked together. They're, they're linked in that they aren't separate in the first place. They just have a functionality that seems separate. So we impute, well, he did this and she did that. Don't misunderstand. I'm not saying that the guy who murdered uh, him, uh, George Floyd, shouldn't be uh, incarcerated. Yes, because that's the law. That's what should happen. But it's not exactly punishment. It's just get, get him out of service. He's not. He's never going to be feel particularly punished. He'll just. You're not going to change his mind by punishing him or train him. The whole idea of doing that just increases the the separation between us and creates more war. Don't go to war. Don't go to peace. You go, just, if you go to peace, then you start marching against things, and it doesn't. It looks like peace because you're bought into duality. It's not that something need, doesn't need to happen to. But I would say, uh, run for office. When I, I want to do something, get, look at the, where the decisions are made, the power is, and you really want to do something, then um, you could even say that to somebody the next time they think you should join them in the protest. I'm not saying you need to start a fight with somebody, but if somebody really wants to help, you could run for Congress like uh, AOC did. What a big step that is. Or any of those very, very brave women. This doesn't mean they're not caught up in in the, the, the dilemma of right and wrong, up and down, back and forth, uh, confused and you know, clear and all of that. They are caught up in it, but the, the dynamic that's operating there is uh, uh, at least the agenda is about helping people. More if you have it. Greg has a yes. question, Greg, Greg B. Greg B. This is off uh, YouTube here. Greg Bowing, I see a pattern of leniency then doubling down. So how to set healthy boundaries with others if they don't listen to our polite requests, for example, children or family with alcohol addiction? Thank you. Hmm. Well, that's quite a, it's quite a labyrinth. Uh, I don't know if I can come up with a response. Read it again. Let, let's see if I can... Uh... I see a pattern of leniency. Stop. Now go ahead. Then doubling down. Okay. How to set healthy boundaries with others if they don't listen to our polite requests. Okay, got it. Um, it's very situational and it depends on who that other is. Some situations this won't work. But I'd say stay away from them. Keep your distance. Uh, let then when they come to you, if they do, they may not. But I mean, obviously, if it's a family member, the the cultural situation there is you're going to allow that. But even then, you can distance yourself by your body language, which which won't, but can't be interpreted as aggression necessarily. So be very polite, and uh, th th you know the the situations there. There's no there's no like protocol or one size fits all kind of thing. It's going to happen. The very most important thing I can say to 
to Greg or to anyone is train your mind so that you are so clear about your own neurosis, your own difficulty, your own pushing and pulling, shutting down. You're so clear about that, that the, the ego mind that wants to manipulate that, all that starts to die because it's not getting any fuel anymore. It's not getting the fuel of belief. It's not getting the fuel of disbelief. And it's not getting the fuel of ignorance. And therefore, the clarity that is arising that doesn't belong to anybody. Buddha nature belongs to no one. Clarity belongs to no one. This, this, this whole thing has no, no personhood. If you think it does, then go ahead and think that. But it doesn't. So that, that situation, if, if your mind training is strong, then there is more of a likelihood, no guarantee, that when that kind of a dynamic starts to show up, because of all the subtleties, of all the very different aspects, the tone of the person's voice, whether their voice rises or drops, whether their body language changed when they make certain kinds of statements. I am not talking about analyzing anything. This is not psychology. This is awareness. It's not a, there's no protocol here, here other than to receive. And if you're always on receive, then anything that is moving uh, with an apparent agenda, uh, you will see clearly how that dynamic works for yourself. Because you're a living being, you're here, you have fingertips. You can touch something. We just take this for granted. This is an astonishing miracle you've been born into called a uh, precious human birth. Don't miss it. Don't go on and just keep thinking and thinking and thinking and calculating and judging and evaluating and trying to control other people and trying to ignore other people and shut down your thoughts, puff up, puff up your thoughts, anything. Just, just receive. Receive as much as you can. And so... If you're really receiving what that is, or what was uh, uh, Greg was describing there, if you're, if you're really receiving what that is, my sense is that you would see in each situation a different kind of modification or nuance or level or texture that might trigger, you could say trigger, I don't know if it's actually a trigger, a response in you uh, that would that would fit or comply or be fundamentally supportive to that situation rather than making it worse or interfering with it, which is usually what happens with any kind of, uh, even in a conversation, we're just constantly, if you listen to anyone's conversation, I eavesdrop all the time. Of course, we don't have restaurants. You can't sit in the booth behind somebody and listen to them. You know what I mean? Not, not yet. So when I'm saying that, of course, I'm not eavesdropping, but I'm saying... It's interesting. If you happen to be in a situation where you hear conversations, it's just like they're just like two ducks on a pond. Not wrong. They're just ducks. And it's just kind of a mechanical kind of give and take language that what does what? Tick, 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 tick. Death comes without warning. Find out who you are. Don't waste time. Not that there is such a thing as, what am I going to say? Time or waste? You're way ahead of me. Not that there is such a thing as luminous clouds. Ducks. No, luminous clouds. Uh, Kevin Bowing. Yes, sir. Yeah. Uh, the other day, Sokuzan, you mentioned a metaphor about, you know, that if you were being attacked by a bear, you wouldn't just like take it, that there's some degree of self-preservation that yes. arises through awareness. And I'm wondering in relation to 
the apparent violence that we're seeing in the streets does I, I just feel like it's easy for me to think like oh well the fact that people are what we would call rioting is somehow a result of an untrained mind and yet when you say don't go to war don't go to peace does it extend to violence as well like uh, pacifism for example so pacifism uh Pacifism is violence. And, you know, I'm not going to be real popular talking in this way, but I'm trusting that the people I'm talking to are intelligent enough and are, have worked in their mind enough to know that any kind of polarity is dangerous and leads to more suffering and death and abraded nerve endings. Take no position. Set up no standards. It's, 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 it's not that it doesn't give you the feeling you're helping, of course, if you join a group of people. They're all yelling or, or with hammers breaking windows uh, or going to the Capitol in Lansing and yelling at uh, um, the police there and, and when you have AK-47 strapped to your back. That, that kind of insanity is not a good idea to do anything with it. I mean, direct, anything directly. Do it with laws. That's so why I say, I'm saying run for office or something if, you, if, you're, if you're that, from, if you have that much interest in doing something, you can't go into the fire itself and, and just say, no more fire. You can't do it. It's just the wrong end of the proverbial stick. It's hot. But you can look at that and if that's what you want to do with your life and go in, but it's a huge uh, labyrinth, a uh, huge... Uh, a cornucopia of, of, uh, of endless endless uh, uh, dreams and nightmares. You don't need that. If you're listening to me, train your mind. Find out who you are. This What's going on there, this has been going on forever, millions of years in one form or another. And it's not that we should turn away from it. No, we should look at that and, and feel, resonate with the feelings people are going through. It's hard to look at that without sobbing what's happening there. At least that was my experience. But, but that doesn't mean that we need to, need to mobilize and uh, do anything about it. I'll share, I'll share something with you. When I see that happen, I want to murder him. And if I was there and I had a AK-47, I might. So I've not come, become someone else. I have intense emotions and feelings go through this mind stream all the time. They just can't find a murderer. How, how can I do that? How, how can that possibly be true? I've been a murderer for, I've, you can't think of anything I haven't done. Well, maybe two or three things. Two or three things. I'm just saying that the, that that's, a, that's archetypical kind of stuff that happens with human beings. Don't miss your life by blotting out all of the things that rise and, rise and fall because of your fear, because of your wish to be a person who has no envy, or worse, a wish to have no anger. It's a profound misunderstanding, and it's all over. Not in, not just in uh, uh, the uh, liberal or, le or you know left wing, whatever you want to call it. Not just in that, but all over the place. It's all over. And uh, this isn't to take away from people who are doing as much as they can to really serve people and help people. There are a lot of people doing that.
But I, like I said, I, when I see that, I have really negative thoughts because I no, no longer care what I think. Because I know what this is. I know it. If you want to know, I'll help you. If you don't, there's plenty of other things to do with your life. And what I mean by that, I'm saying find out who you are. If you find out who you are, you're not separate from anything. So therefore, nothing, nothing, There's you're beyond fear. You're, you're fearless. I mean, if you wanted to use that kind of a word, but that doesn't mean you don't have fear. It just means that you can't find anybody who's afraid. But, but the feeling of fear is intense. Intense feelings of fear, intense feelings of all kinds of things. All the things you've been maybe trying to get rid of or thinking were wrong or made you a bad person. Be good. Or how's the, the three fear precepts is do good. That's fairly easy. Don't do harm. I got that one. And, uh, and be with all things. That's the big one. That means whatever happens, don't accept, don't reject, don't look away. Do nothing with it. Uh, and, and in that way, realize that that you're, uh, it's like if we're all rain raindrops uh, and we're all falling as we go, uh, when, when, when the raindrop reaches the ocean, this is liberation. There's no longer a raindrop. There's just vast water. Just a metaphor. You can be romantic about it or you can be literal and be, Happy, be frightened to death, or have no opinion or feeling about it. Questions are good if you have them. Kevin Bowing, when you say that pacifism is violence, do you mean because it is refusing to be with all things? Yes, but that doesn't mean being with all things doesn't mean it be. It doesn't mean agreeing with shit. I'm not talking about agreement. Uh, the uh, there's different forms of, uh, of what go under the word of pacifism. If you look back in history and you go to people like Daniel Berrigan, I don't know if you're familiar with Daniel Berrigan, Catholic priest and his brother. Back in the, this is how, how, how soon we uh, famous people become uh, uh, <laughs> cast into the, into the uh, um, stacks in the library. Anyway, I just, wish, I just thought of his name because he had a had a way of protesting that I thought was very good. It probably helped him a lot to feel like at least he was doing something. Uh, but I, I think it would have been great if he ran for office, which he didn't do, and and become a because he certainly could have, and kind of got into the works so that he could be a, he could stop that machinery. But what he tried to do is kind of fight the machinery. He tried to take look at the machinery and think that there was a had to polarize himself against it. Not wrong. They back during the draft uh, thing, they went in and I can't remember the city now. Maybe someone else can remember where he, we went and burned the, the draft, the uh, the files and everything. Made a big, big scene out in the in the parking lot with everything burning and all these people, these uh, uh, Catholic priests and standing around. So I mean, there's different ways to do it, but you have to look at: Are you doing this? Because you want, because the, the intention is to retaliate, or is the intention to control? Uh, what it does is it po the pacifism or going to peace polarizes it more. So I would say, meet it where it's at. This doesn't mean stand in front of a AK-47. Um, but I, I don't know. I, I could do more with questions. If you have questions that you know, put me on the spot with this. 
Don't let me off the hook. If you think if you think I'm getting away with something here, you should put me on the hook. See how long it lasts. See if you can put me on the hook. Yes. Um, I just would like to say that I'm extremely grateful hearing you today. I think for the first time, um, suggesting running for the for office. Uh, to me, when I heard you in the past talking about individual situations when people were in the abusive uh, relationship, and you said, "Don't stay, do something." But in the political, social political context, you always said, do nothing. And uh, it was not easy to, yeah. to accept it. And with my background in the being born in the communistic regime and going through the solidarity, being actively involved with it, and then yeah. experiencing years of martial law, I definitely uh, feel very connected with what is happening right now in the States. And there is some idealism in me, which is resonating with it. So not having any option for uh, taking action, which I usually heard, I understood it from you, yes. was difficult to take. So I just would like to say, I was going to ask you about how different is the situation of the individual being in the abusive situation versus the whole society being abused and not being able to, to take that action because of the um, because of the philosophy yeah. of uh, do nothing. Anyway, I don't think that I have. I had a question, but it seems to me that you answered that question. But uh, I'm, I'm just saying I'm very grateful to hear you uh, kind of opening the, the the door to some possibilities. Certainly. Yeah, it's. Uh, I'm not saying you shouldn't do whatever. Join the Peace Corps or. or uh, march on whatever, carry banners, you should. But I, the primary thing is is to train your mind so that if you do be, uh, become drawn into that, and I could be drawn into that, I, I felt an extremely strong pull to do something about the situation with the, with the whole pipeline thing with the, uh, uh, when the indigenous people were being threatened. It was a powerful pull on that. I didn't know what I would do, but it's like, go there. It didn't happen, and I'm not sure what causes and conditions were, but that was, that was strong. And uh, so I'm saying, I, I do, don't do anything else you have to. That way, what you end up doing will be exactly what you, relative to your karma, you'll be, you'll, you will be living out of, not of trying to get rid of your karma, as if you were somebody who could get away, with, away from something, but you'll be living in your karma, which means you may go to Minneapolis. If you're not, if you're, if you're not uh, uh, avoiding anything and you're totally rec on receive all the time, you may find yourself going in a direction that you, you'd be astonished to see what you'd be doing. But chances are, and that's a very thing to, important thing to consider, you would not be manipulating anyone else's life around it. Chances are, you, you may, there may be some kind of a interaction between, sometimes some people are hooked up so intensely to other people that even though they're living, a, you could say, an authentic life, uh, they, they tend to want to drag other people into it. So that could happen also, and that can be make things more confusing. Dependently risen, you can't find a sim single thing anywhere. That's why it's, it's sometimes called Indra's net. 
I have no idea who Indra was or why they called it in that. Yeah, everybody run for office. <laughs> Let's clean this place up. It's just that the basis is is skewed. The basis isn't understood. We're, uh, we're cleaning up the surface. I'm thinking we, if we just get the right laws and we just get the right this, we just do this. We, it's not that we wouldn't help people a lot relatively. Yes, things could be, we can empty out these damn prisons where we've been going in for years to teach inmates who are trapped in a, in a highly controlled uh, hell realm. You know, it's kind of like, should I become a, an attorney and try to change the, the laws there? Or should I go in and help the people who are at the mercies, who are, who are not given any understanding at all for why they did what they did? They're just cut and dried. Broke the law, go to jail for 30 years. So I would say of all the things that I see, and I've seen a few, train your mind. Find out who you are so that when you do, again, I say it over and over, when you do go into a situation where where, the, where there's a lot of violence and that, that will trigger unobserved violence that you don't think you have. And so you'll get mad, but you'll think it's that it's the problem when actually <laughs> that's some of it, but it's dependently arisen. So therefore, a um, little salt and a little pepper. Little of this, little of that, little of this, little of that. And you've got something that looks like a world. I know what it is. Don't settle for any result or any conclusion including enlightenment, including delusion. Have a willingness to not know so that the actual nature of your mind or your spiritual understanding um, is acknowledged, which is vast openness. Maha Prajna, Maha Vipassana, as they were saying in ancient times. Shivali. Yes. You've said a couple of times, don't explain anything to anyone. If someone is demanding an explanation of us, how can we respond? Thank you, uh, Junju. I think, you know, it depends on who it is. Again, it's situational. Uh, if it's uh, someone you're really close to, if it's some, if it's like a parent or, you know, a grandfather, someone you're close to is just totally perplexed by how you're living or what you're doing. Uh, then spend some time with them, uh, but no, no explanation. As if you you've heard me say this before, make them drag it out of you. Because if if you tell them as soon as you say something, I don't care what it is to explain everything. They because they're not they don't really want to know. It's called uh, the ignorance born within. They don't want to know, so they'll cover it up. Every word you say, they've they've put something else in front of that. But if they if if they have enough interest and are concerned enough about communicating with you besides just judging you, uh, then they may give you the benefit of the doubt and say, what, well, why, why are you uh, not uh, studying law? Or why aren't you using your education to do this or that or that? Or why aren't you moving to be closer to me or closer to us? Or why don't you, you know, get married, have a family? I don't know what particular thing you're talking about. If you want to fine tune it a little bit, a little bit, perhaps I could do that or Clarify the question further. Nothing particular is coming to mind right now. It just seems like that's happened in the past where I've felt like they, like um, multiple people have no. wanted an explanation and I don't know how to respond. <clears throat> well, um, you know, it depends on what it is, but 
uh, it might be something very simple, like, uh, can you give me a, an example of what they want an explanation with? Is there anything simple, similar that what I might run into, or can I relate to it, or would it be that impossible for me to relate to? Like why uh, a particular political stance, or or why meditate? Those seem to show up a lot. Yeah. Oh. Well, the whole stance things, I mean, I've had students of mine come in and read me the riot act about perceived stances I'm taking. And I might appear to take stances, but not too much. It doesn't mean I don't watch what's going on. So I would just say as much as you can, just receive. Um, especially in your situation, just receive what it is. And if they, say, if they come back with, why are you going to tell me or not? Uh, come back and say, you know, I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure. That's just how it looks to me. So that's what I mean by don't explain. I don't mean stop interacting and go to sleep or leave the room. But, you know, you could, you could come up. That's just how it looks, and that's where I'm at with that right now. And if it, with politics. I wouldn't say too much about politics because it's never a conversation in politics. It's, you can't. I know I have five Five children, all with a different political orientation. I can't talk with any of them. I can listen because and that's what I usually do. They tell me all about what's right, what's wrong, what should happen, what shouldn't happen. Doesn't mean they're not making some sense. They might be, but uh, if you if you proceed in that way, it just you just enter the causes and conditions and the incredible confusion we call samsara. People trying to control, trying to squeeze happiness out of. Uh, uh, this uh, temporary realm we call the realm of desire, wanting something to be different than it is. And if it comes to why meditate, just just tell them, uh, it depends on who it is, but say, well, I, it just helps me relax. I feel better doing this. I mean, even if, even if from your point of view, because of your understanding about meditation is much different, even if it's actually more difficult for you now that you're meditating. Because anybody, any of you who do this for any length of time, realize you're going to have to go through some personal passages that are not easy. That's why it's necessary to have some kind of form or structure, the Buddha, the Dharma, and the Sangha, not to mention the sutras, not to mention the, the 12 links in the chain of existence, and all the other structures we have. And the ritualized forms, these are widely misunderstood. Why do you bow to Buddha? Why do you bow to that thing? Uh, and it depends on who it is. It could be anything because uh, uh, they don't have anything else to do. It might be a sarcastic response or you could actually say it's uh we're just bowing to our own uh clear nature or bow bowing to our own awakened nature we need something some way to do that so we use the physical world just like we use the, the physical form to train our minds by sitting symmetrical and still so you could have a, a somewhat of a response but as I said, make them drag it out of you because then if they're still interested and they'll say, well, how does it do that? Have you notice a big difference? Then you could, you might actually have some area where you could say, well, you know, I was, I had a different way of working with negativity uh, before I started meditating. And now I sometimes have even more negativity, but I don't, I'm less likely to go to war with myself or blame others for how I feel. Simple thing. And of course, you're not going to be able to see that, say that unless there's something to it. And then what's happening is you're actually having uh, some 
inter intercourse with the person based on what they're asking rather than try to convince them of something. So that's why I say less is better. Is it and more about that, Juju, or did I miss what you're asking me about? When what do I do with the fear that arises, the fear of, of saying something wrong? So you probably know what I'm gonna say, but it's insofar as you can, just don't do anything with it. Just notice its texture. Fear, just like any emotion. Uh, and actually any thought pattern has a texture to it and it doesn't fundamentally depersonalize it, but it gives it some kind of a, of a, a density that it doesn't have otherwise. And you can see that it doesn't last. Uh, it, it rises up, has a particular form. It might uh, mutate a little bit, but, and, and there's, there's nothing, uh, there's nothing actually foundational behind it. It comes out of causes and conditions and the, the, the wish of the ego mind or the self-centered mind or the me, me, me feeling to be protected and not to be vulnerable uh, to somebody else's opinions or ideas and so on. And I, I think it's just a matter of continuing to practice, continuing to return to training the mind, return to wall gazing, if you want to call it that, sitting still, watching what moves. So when you get up and then when what moves in your everyday life, including that kind of a, a question, you see more deeply into that. You might even see, depending on who it is and what your, your dynamic is going on at that time, you might even see that their motivation for why they would have that question. Because when you're doing something that others don't understand, especially people that care about you, it's threatening to them. Um, all, all I have to do, or you have to do, or anybody has to do, is just tell someone you're, you're a Buddhist. And because of the protection, for, projections around that. They have no idea what that means. We barely know ourselves and we're practicing it. And uh, and so people get afraid. It's it's much easier for someone who is f fearful is to project that fear out onto something and then accuse that of being the, the fearful thing. I'm sure you all noticed that, that there are certain people in your family, your milieu or whatever it may be that would never even mention even though they know you meditate, they know you go to a meditation center and you might know all about that. And very rarely do they have any curiosity about what you're doing other than to say, why do you do that? So there's six people on YouTube and there's how many? 30? Well, that's quite a group. Should be a question out there somewhere. Maria Bank, is everything which we have been experiencing for thousands of years is the expression of Buddha nature? Bowing. I guess you could say it that way without getting too complicated. There isn't anything that isn't Buddha nature, but it's not what you think it is. If you think you know what it is, then we have work to do. And when I say work, I mean, keep looking at it. Keep looking. Whatever you're looking at will not last. You, you get to actually see uh, dependent origination, and you get to see impermanence, and you get to see uh, suffering or discontent, uh, and you get to uh, see no self. Maria Bavink, mm -hmm. I'm just wondering how 
love can express itself as hatred. Um, so we have a relative uh, love as the grasping uh, desire, kind of greedy kind of love, and uh, and that as the other end is the is the uh, the hatred or the aggression that goes the other direction, passion and aggression. But the love we're talking about or that I'm referring to as far as uh, uh, transcendental or spiritual or doesn't have, uh, it may have objects, but those objects are never, are not separate. So it's kind of a highly refined, you could call it, uh, it might look even look like narcissism. But it's not particularly an emotion. It might have emotional dynamics happening there or emotional qualities to it. But the fundamental nature is just a completely open dimension where no demands are made. You're, you're, the, the love of your life uh, can leave and you're, there are no demands. And what am I saying? If it's actual love, it can't leave. It can't go anywhere. There, there isn't anything else but that. Here I'm using relative terms to point to something that is very difficult to point to. It is not an emotion. It is not compassion. Is not an emotion. I'm not saying it might not have some emotional dynamics, but there can be powerful compassion without any particular attributes. Kevin Bowing. So, Kuzan, I recently read a quote of Thich Nhat Hanh, and I know you don't teach him this way, but he said, uh, we really have to understand the person that we want to love. And you talking about not explaining, it seems like we try to explain in order to get someone to understand us, or at least to buy into who we think we are. So do we, is it possible to understand another person and do we need to understand someone to love them? Well, a lot of variables there. Uh, I would say basically no, and uh, and I'm not particularly against Technon Han. He has a thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of uh, students, and there's some people that are only are going to understand that that particular kind of message. And so I'm not not against him at all. I think he's a probably a very sweet person and very helpful to lots and lots of people. And so, um, but I I wouldn't describe it. Uh, like that, I think it, I think it is. There's less control happening there, as far as how to understand. If you if you've understood this, and I'm pointing to myself, you point to yourself. If you've understood what this is, and you no longer have any questions about it. You see what it is. Then uh, you basically can see everyone else. So it's described in the Bodhisattva path. It's a, a gradual path called the the um, well uh, the Paramitas, or you could also uh, use the ten boomies, which I don't teach those because I, there's too much of a tendency to grasp on and look for an identity there. So I would say, if the whole the whole uh, selfish, self-centered kind of love uh, might show up for a long time until the grasping kind, the wanting it our way, wanting, wanting the you know the love of our life to be ours and be under our uh, sway. But actual love is uh, doesn't hang on to anything, even even in the relative sense. It's 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 difficult. Uh, if I have a student who decides, and I've had a few who decide to ask me to function as their teacher, and then misunderstand or who knows what happens, something about what I'm saying or how I'm teaching, and leave, 
quite often without even telling me, or they just might just say, I'm out of here, whatever they say. That's very painful for me. Uh, but it doesn't last because I see it, it, it's kind of startling because I was looking at a different situation. But then I see, of course, they would have to do that because they're working with their mind uh, in the only way they know how. And this particular situation is just threatening. And of course, they might have a story like I uh, tried to molest them or um, I don't think I have done that. My memory's a little bad sometimes, but uh, I don't think I did that. Not recently anyway, not in the last 50 years. So you have to, if you meet people where they're at, then then that love doesn't belong to anybody, especially when, it's, when, it, when it ceases being a grasping kind of love and more of an appreciating kind of love. Like, like actually, if you, if you, if it comes out of appreciation, this means you, you don't, you make, have no demands. The person can be exactly who they are. They don't have to improve. They don't have to do the dishes. They don't have to do anything. That's rare not to have some kind of a, you got to be this way. You have to do that. You can't do this. That's not exactly uh, uh, Karuna as I understand it. Any further questions? Or do you have more uh, questions about that? No, thank you, Sofasan. Thank you. And you know, it's interesting that if if you do have, I'll get to you in a second, Wendy. If you do have some kind of attachment to someone and then they leave, then you just need to be with, you just have to use that, you could say, to see how attached you are to, as, a, as a Dharma gate, to notice your attachment. Do not get rid of it. You're going to have a lot of difficulty helping others if you're cleaning up your act all the time and you become this, uh, you know, ideal uh, Buddha zombie, you know, who, who never has a problem and is always clear and pure and always kind and has a very soft voice. I, you know, I don't mean to be mocking anyone. I'm just saying you, you can't separate yourself from the those, you know, a surgeon doing surgery has to have some separation but they fundamentally have to be one with whatever they're doing. They have to be in that. I'm thinking about that a lot because I'm about to have my uh, uh, back opened up and perhaps they'll know how to take that uh, green lizard out of there. <laughs> no demands. They might show up, but they, they just don't last. They just go. And why? Because there, there needs to be a... a, a, a the concept, the idea of a self. Hands are self-existing. Thoughts are self-existing. Everything is self-existing. Even the ego is self-existing. Therefore, it's non-existent. It exists in uh, independence on everything else for its apparent singular singularity. Don't believe it. Look at it. Nishikai, am I boring you? You're yawning. <laughs> okay, Wendy, go ahead. Earlier you said control is an illusion. So what are people grasping at? Um, they're grasping at the trying to control uh, because there's some there's a, some relative uh, situation that's going to happen that will give you the illusion that you have a control, but it, it doesn't last, it goes away. 
and there might be some there you might have pushed on that and that caused that to move or or it might be the long elaboration of i worked really hard and i've made a lot of money and now i'm worth millions but it's uh, it's illusory in that it has no there's nothing substantial you're just depending on a, a checkerboard or a bunch of dominoes you're dependent on all these things to continue to line up in that way and that one of the uh, an example that you can see i'm going to use i'm not into sports so much but uh, uh tiger woods for a long time had a long string of just he won and he won and he won he just couldn't stop him and then all of a sudden he went into an area where he he didn't win very much. I think he's back a little bit, but he just stopped winning. And uh, I'm sure that was quite perplexing to him, uh, be, be not understanding dependent origination, as if he's the one who did this. It's like somebody being born with a wonderful voice or somebody being born with an incredible ability to, uh, uh, to pass uh, uh, you know, tests or something. Um, it's dependently arisen. There isn't anyone. There isn't anyone who's intelligent. There's no singularity happening. So more about that, Wendy, about control? Not at this time. Thank you. Thank you. Sato has a question. She asks, how does that absolute love include even those who seem pretty unlovable? Yeah, if it if it's if it's absolute then it doesn't have a it doesn't have a, a, a an experiencer there's no experiencer there's no there's no delineation between anything that's happening so uh i could say it i can say it in a more relative way what happens when this starts to occur is you begin to see that the very person who is showering you with anger or threats or blame or whatever whether it's in society or whether it's your whatever it is you see that they the compassion arises because you see that they're in such a hell of a state that they don't know what to do except to, the only way they can get rid of their suffering is to blame or blame you or blame your society or blame something else. All the polarity that's happening in society that is triggered by the one one little thing, then, then the big explosion happens because everything has been shut down and ignored. Nobody's taking care. People aren't taking care of each other. So we begin to see that that you, know, you can't do it as an accomplishment. It, it just another way I could say it is: you realize it's always been the case that you've been opting out and opting out for some kind of a possibility of getting something better, something a merchandising mentality. And then, then you realize you could just be who you are, like His Holiness Dalai Lama, whom everyone in the world, millions of people admire and love and practically worship. You know, he, he's a Galukpa, so why wouldn't they worship? So, and he says, and, and he says it. And when you hear him say it, he's very sincere. I'm just a simple monk. And you think, yep, that sounds like that's how he probably looks at himself. Just a simple monk. And he's a powerful teacher, and he's a charismatic teacher. Yes. This question is inspired by two things you said. You often say. Things are dependently arisen. And this morning, I think you used the term sovereign being. I so did. How can there be, what is a sovereign being when nothing is separate? What does sovereign mean? Pardon me? What does the word sovereign mean? Do you know? I don't know. How, how can you ask that question? 
that'd be me, like me asking uh, a question of, uh, of, I can't even ask the question because I don't ha know anything that I don't know. <laughs> well, this morning, I think you referenced it in terms of someone's, um, yep. uh, in terms of boundaries. Yes. So there is there is a sovereignty, but it's it's not something that that shows up as some kind of uh, a collection of particles that is a is an ongoing being or uh, the word I've been using lately is personhood. There's no personhood there, but the sovereignty. Is, uh, is not separate from anything anywhere. If you realize it, if you realize it, here, the two R's, if you realize it, you'll recognize it. You'll recognize it. And I, I don't know, there might be another word that would work, work better, but it's, uh, it's uh, in, the, in the Indian tradition, sometimes that's called uh, uh, Atman. So Buddhist, Buddhist approach is to more uh, it's not going to do away with that. The, the Buddha didn't disbelieve in God or in a higher self necessarily. He just worked with things as he found them. And he found them to look at the, see that form, feeling, perception, uh, concept, consciousness that do not come together as a being, as a separate being. There, is, there are separations that show up in different ways. But there's no ongoing continuity there called uh, Svabhava. It's Ni Svabhava. So... Um, to use the fancy words, but you can ask more about uh, sovereignty if you'd like. Anybody look it up? Yeah. <laughs> I want to know what it means too. <laughs> I used it. Well, but, about, is yeah. the ego identity or the feeling of self sovereign? No, no, that's a that's a pack of lies that are protecting an imaginary liar. Good question. We can, we can go there further if you have the questions. Then I have the time. It seems like it would be helpful if somebody looked up that word. <laughs> Terry Bowling. Um, it says, what is sovereignty? The word sovereign requires power or right that a nation, state, state, or individual has to determine its own destiny. To not be controlled by others. Wow. Pretty good. That's not an ego. So, Mayun, how would you say that uh, en français? Souverain? Souverain? Mayun going. We would say souveraineté. 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 Thank you. Anybody have uh, Spanish? Pro probably somewhat simple, somewhere. So it's the idea that there's a there there is a but that kind of sovereignty only comes together as as a as an identity. It doesn't even do that. It just it just comes together when when it's necessary. It's called Buddha nature, and it's not a separate being. And everybody it says everybody has Buddha nature. I would say everybody is Buddha nature. It's difficult to understand because if you once you leave this particular realm, realm of desire, where there's uh, passion, aggression, ignorance, up and down, back and forth, praise and blame, war and peace, and all the other polarities, uh, once once this has been seen through, then you may try in a, in a distant realm, in the bardo for that matter, you may try to maintain some kind of identity, 
and you know you may have some success, but nothing lasts. It's four fifteen. We could go ahead and okay. dedicate the merit um, okay. from the monastery. The, and the monastery, do you want to dedicate the merit from the monastery? Monastery, our song about families, friends, and visitors. Heal everyone who is unhappy, sick, or suffering, and fill them with light. 